0: Will Nick Saban turn this into a newsy week in college football? Dan Lanning and Kalen DeBoer are both going to be head coaching targets at Alabama. You are Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. welcome everybody to another episode of locked on pack 12 i'm your host spencer mclaughlin thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day part of the lockdown podcast network your team every day and your number one source for two more shows to stay up to date with our media rights free and pack two dominated and beloved conference of champions before we switch over to be in lockdown college football starting on monday so like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, please, and thank you wherever you listen to or watch the show, which today is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code locked on for $20 off your purchase. So I was on the golf course, the 15th hole at Sand Hollow in southern Utah, to be exact. And all of a sudden, my friend and playing partner starts saying, Holy bleep, holy bleeping bleep holy bleep. I'm going, what? What is happening? What Are you going to say something or are you just going to keep leaving me out in the... And then he drops the bomb that we all got on Wednesday evening. Nick Saban has retired. I mean, I don't really remember. There, there's technically a time in my life where I was a college football fan and Nick Saban wasn't around at Alabama. It was a very long time. I was in grade school, grade school. I am not in grade school anymore, just so we are all clear. I I was very caught off guard. But Kalen DeBoer and Dan Lanning are both going to be targets. And their names have been flying around. And you know what? They should be. You know why? Because both guys are really, really good. Those two guys in two seasons have demonstrated – that they are worthy of being considered tier one coaches in college football. They squared off in the Pac-12 championship game this year. Washington won 11 games last year. You realize neither of these guys in their first two seasons have won fewer than 10 games. That's the worst season either of them combined have had so far during their ten years in Eugene and Seattle, respectively. Now, Kalen DeBoer inherited a much worse situation than Dan Lanning did. But any Oregon fan, myself included, will tell you that Lanning's teams have taken a step forward from the previous coaching administration and where the program was at. And and here's the other thing. Even though Lanning came into a situation where you had some really talented players who made an impact for, for the Ducks over the last couple of years, you look at guys like Troy Franklin, Jackson Powers Johnson, there were a couple others who were impact players that Lanning inherited. There were also a lot of players that Lanning brought in. His propensity to acquire talent has been well-documented both from the high school ranks and from the portal ranks. Just because you're coming into a program like Oregon, which was coming off of a 10-4 and season the year prior when Mario Cristobal departed for Miami, as we saw at Oklahoma, does not automatically mean you are going to win at a high level see brent venables who had a good season in year two neither of his first two seasons though they did go 10 and 3 this year oregon went 10 and 3 in uh lanning's first year venables did that in year two and year one he went six and seven that's oklahoma That's 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 a blue blood college football program. That's SEC bound Oklahoma because college football doesn't make sense anymore. So I'm not going to sit here and argue that what Lanning has done is more impressive than what DeBoer has done. No, no. DeBoer has had the more successful two years and DeBoer inherited a worse situation. I just think it is easy to look at the Oregon, you know, program and what he took over, inherited and everything and say, well, you know, how hard could it be? I don't know. I see him elevating Oregon to a level it had not been at in several years. He won 12 games in year two. That's just the sixth time in the history of Oregon football that that's ever happened. And the first time since 2019 when the Ducks won the Rose bowl. So these two guys are going to be targets because they're studs and and DeBoer, you know, not as big on the recruiting front, not as hot a name. He also inherited some really, really good players, but of course, most notably brought Michael Penix along with them. They brought in some good transfers, you know, Dylan Johnson from Mississippi State and Jabbar Muhammad from Washington or from uh, Oklahoma State. Rather, Muhammad's a stud. That, oh, man, that guy's good. I thought he played some of his best football in the playoff this year against Texas and then the uh, the Natty against uh, Michigan. I, I thought he was just Outstanding this season, and in the Pac-12 championship game had the clamps on on my guy Troy Franklin. So he he was fantastic this year. So it's not as if there's no history of bringing in talented players. But Roma Dunze was on the roster, and Jalen McMillan was on the roster, and Braylon Trice, I believe, was on the roster, and there were a number of other players. But still, going from four and eight to eleven and two in one year. That is as dramatic of a turnaround as you are going to find anywhere in college football. The only thing comparable is what Willie Fritz did at Tulane. He went two and ten. The next year went twelve and two. Won the Cotton Bowl against Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams and USC. You know the difference there. Fritz was the head coach when they went two and ten. DeBoer came in to what was, by a, just about every measure, a complete and utter mess, and said, "Oh." I'm going to write this ship real fast, real, real fast. And yes, there was a P at the end of that word, just so we're clear ship, write the ship really quickly. So he has done that going to the national championship game, a place where Washington had not been before. I know they have the, the co-national championship in 1991. I understand all of that. But Washington in the modern era had not reached the college they had not reached the national championship game, and DeBoer took them there like that. I mean, it was so fast. So, the the jobs that those two guys have done as head coaches makes them appealing, and, and I think that both guys could go to Alabama and succeed. And, and Lanning's got the SEC pedigree that or the SEC background, if you want to look at it that way. DeBoer, though is a better coach than Dan Lanning right now. He's beaten him three times in a row, all three times by three points. But last time I checked, it's about winning games. And you know what Kalen DeBoer does? He wins a lot of football games. And Dan Lanning is not as experienced of a head coach. I wonder if that matters to Alabama. I, I don't know. I'm not saying one way or the other. I just don't know if they care about that as much. When Saban was hired... Back in 2008, I think was his first year. He had been a head coach at LSU, won a national championship. He'd been a head coach in the NFL. If they follow that trajectory, and if it came down to these two technically current Pac-12 coaches, Dan Lanning and Kalen DeBoer, DeBoer would be the option. He's far more experienced. He's coached over you know 110 games in his career. And everywhere he's gone, he has won. One at Indiana, a place where mm, they don't win a lot of football games over there in Bloomington. One at the University of Sioux Falls, an NAIA school, three-time national champion there. Went to Fresno State and oh yeah, had a 10-and-2 season. Went into the Rose Bowl, beat a good UCLA team with Dorian Thompson Robinson at the helm. Jake Hayner, oh, that dude was a baller. That that dude was a baller. So you look at his quarterback track record, you look at his head coaching track record and the way that he's just won everywhere he's been, and that is going to be inherently appealing. There are innate differences between these two guys that Alabama has to decide, do we care about this or do we care about that? When you're going to your next big event, you should care about being able to get your tickets and you shouldn't have to worry. And that's why you should check out Game Time. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying Tickets. Game time the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know what to expect. They've got all in prices as well. They don't tack on fees at the last moment. You know you're getting a great deal before you check out and you can buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. One tap, two tap. Boom. You've got tickets to whatever you want to go to. I live two and a half hours from Las Vegas. So, this is something that, yeah, is highly appealing because there are all sorts of events going on in Las Vegas. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code L O C K E D O N for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So let's talk about these two guys and the differences that they have. When you look at Kalen DeBoer, his track record as a head coach is more impressive than Dan Lanning's. Now, Alabama might look at that and say, so we know what DeBoer is and it's really, really good. And we understand that that's a guy who just goes places and wins football games. That could be something they're interested in. They could conversely look at Dan Lanning and say, "He's early on in his career. He's got more growth potential. We feel like he could reach an even higher gear." I don't know much how much higher of a gear you can get than Kalen DeBoer's record as a head football coach. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how much higher you can go. But here's a factor that I wonder if it comes into play: Kalen DeBoer at Washington has not been a big name on the recruiting front. Now, there there are two angles to look at this from. The first angle is that could be a detriment in the eyes of the Alabama athletic director and the department writ large and whoever else and the boosters and everyone. It's pretty obvious that Kalen DeBoer, not that he doesn't value recruiting, but he does not place as great of an emphasis on it as other coaches do. He does not place as great of an emphasis on it as Dan Lanning does, and Lanning comes from the SEC, and in the SEC, you recruit at a very high level. You can make the argument, if you want to make a pro-DeBoer case for Alabama, that he's someone who you know can overcome perhaps not having the most talented roster, or you can look at it from this angle as well. This is like a branch of the branch that I was going down there. Look at what Kalen DeBoer did at Washington. If you're Alabama, do you feel that the brand- of Alabama football is going to attract sufficiently talented players? Do you think you can build a roster that's more talented than what Washington had this year? Because if DeBoer did that with what Washington's able to get, what could he do with what Alabama is able to get? The question there is how much of that comes back to the head coach. Now, the brand of Alabama football is as strong as it gets. I think that is the most public football job in America for college sport for for college sports is being the Alabama football coach. I mean, Saban is the goat. He just had the best dynasty we've ever seen in the sport, unlikely to see anything ever like it again. And so when you're looking at Kalen DeBoer, Alabama has to decide, okay, do we need someone who's got more recruiting chops? Cuz DeBoer doesn't have ties to the SEC either. He went NAIA, Big 10 offensive coordinator, Fresno State head coach. Washington head coach. That's his career path trajectory. There's been no overlap with the SEC. Does he fit in culturally with how they recruit down there? That's something that Greg Byrne, the AD at Alabama, has to decide for himself. Is that going to be a drawback, or do we think that he is that good that? Alabama will get enough talent and maybe he doesn't recruit quite at Saban's level, but it's also the age and era of the transfer portal. Joel Klatt had a great breakdown on his show in which he talked about how Michigan's uh, composite classes or composite talent roster this year was like 14th in the country. They just won the national championship. It used to be a formula in which you had to have a certain number of Recruiting classes that ranked at a certain level. I don't remember specifically what it was. I think Joel mentioned that it was like you have to have four straight top five or 10 recruiting classes. Michigan didn't have that. They just went 15 0, won the national championship, and we're the best team in college football this year. So if that maybe doesn't matter as much to some, not saying to everyone, and I'm not in that particular camp, the recruiting is irrelevant. But if you feel like with the transfer portal, that metric, and those particular determinations of how successful your team will be can be overcome, then yeah, DeBoer is a guy that Alabama is going to look at. And I think they should look at him either way, because I think the brand of Alabama is really strong. I think that you're going to get good players to go there. And I think DeBoer has also made a name for himself as being a big time coach who wins big games. I, I mean, Washington was, you know, on this incredible run that hadn't been seen statistically since the 70s, where they won 10 straight games by 10 points or fewer. You know what that comes down to? Coaching, execution, details. That 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 That, that is what he is, he, like he's seen everything. The guy's coached 115, 120 games at this point. He's seen it all. So he steps in, I feel like he'd win right away. I think Lanning could step in and win right away, but the difference between the two is what you could have on the recruiting front because Dan Lanning is recruiting at a very high level at Oregon. He's pulled in back-to-back top 10 high school recruiting classes, and the transfers he's brought in have been outstanding. They have been outstanding standing. You look at Bo Nix coming over from Auburn. That went pretty well. Getting Dylan Gabriel from Oklahoma. Last year, they brought in Christian Gonzalez from Colorado. He became a first-round NFL draft pick. They brought in Kyrie Jackson from Alabama this offseason. He's going to get drafted in the NFL and was an all-conference player this year. There there are a bunch of examples. Bucky Irving, Tez Johnson, just keep going down the list. So, Lanning's ability to acquire talent, I think, is greater than DeBoer's. I think the recruiting rankings reflect that. And the other thing, too, with the recruiting front is the state of Washington is one of these burgeoning states in in the recruiting world over the last couple of years, and the best players in the state are often not going to Washington. More often than not, they're not going to be Huskies. Now, DeBoer might not feel they're guys who fit their system, but that is going to be a question, a concern, a thought that gets raised by somebody down in Tuscaloosa when considering Kalen DeBoer. Hey, this guy has got a lot of blue chip prospects that go elsewhere, that go to Oregon, that go to Michigan, that go to Bama, that go to, they go all over the place and they're not going there. Why is that the case? That's a question that's going to get raised. It's not a question that'll get raised about Dan Lanning. And I think that's the advantage that Lanning has in being perhaps a more high-priority target, which I've been told he is, and and many have reported that he is, a more high-priority target, though DeBoer is certainly going to be in the conversation here because Lanning has coached at the SEC. He was a graduate assistant at Bama, but I think the defensive coordinator chops that he had under Kirby Smart at Georgia are going to be the – are going to be one – or it's going to be the factor – that separates him from Kalen DeBoer and makes him potentially a more high-priority target. Now, you can look at that and say, well, hey, Kalen DeBoer's beaten Lanning three times in a row. Fact check, true. Dan Lanning is also a young coach who is getting better as a head coach. Does Alabama want to endure those, those sorts of growing pains? Or do they want to hire somebody now, maybe let Lanning be at Oregon for another four or five years, have a lot of success, and then go get him, depending on how the hire they make works out. So, I think that with Lanning, there are certainly questions there. He hasn't been a head coach that long. And yeah, he's only been at Oregon, a place that every coach that's been hired this century has had a winning record, which is a pretty impressive feat, but it is also a true one, whether it's you know uh, Mike Bilotti, Chip Kelly, Mark Helfrich, Willie Taggart in his one year, was over 500, even amidst an injury to Justin Herbert. You had then Mario Cristobal, and now Dan Lanning. All those guys have had winning records. So you can look at that and say, well, you know, is Lanning really, you know, as good as we think because he's got all these resources, he's got everything, but everything that he's got up at Oregon, he can have at Alabama too. You don't think Alabama's got access access to some NIL money? Might not be quite as much as Oregon. I have absolutely no idea. But the brand of Alabama is the biggest in the entire sport. So from that point of view, it's a similar transition. Landing goes into Oregon, big brand, good conference. You should win a lot of games. He's won twenty. He's twenty two and five. He's twenty two and five. Three of those losses are by three points to one guy. To one guy. And I just wonder. I just wonder if that is something that is in the back of the minds of of the Alabama athletic department right now of, hey, we like this landing guy. He could be really good, but can we hire that DeBoer guy? Because, well, it looks like DeBoer is a better coach than Landing right now. Yeah, he is. He's outcoached him three times. So the SEC ties, the connection to Georgia, and I don't think being a graduate assistant is a huge factor. I, I think being the defensive coordinator at a Georgia team that beat Alabama in the national championship game, I think that makes quite an impression. And, Alabama didn't play Michigan or uh, Alabama didn't play Washington rather this year. So they don't have that direct experience with, with Kalen DeBoer there. But I think both these guys are going to be targets. I could see either of them going to take that job. I could also very realistically see either of them stay. I can see you having a great time over at FanDuel because the NFL regular season has wrapped up. However, there's still time to get in on the action. The playoffs are around the corner. You can do it with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, whether you win or lose. The app is super easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet. You can do live same-game parlays. You can find bets in the new explore tab. You can make a parlay in the parlay hub and so much more. It's all there. Spice up wildcard playoffs, spice up the, they got everything you could want over there. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on, make your first bet a layup. That's fanduel.com slash locked on Fanduel, official partner of the NFL. So both Oregon and Washington fans are currently in a place of, oh my gosh, Please don't take our head coach. We like him a lot and we think great things are going to happen one day. They have that in common at the moment. There aren't a lot of moments of mutual empathy between Oregon and Washington fans. And heck, there might not be right now. It might be a sense of, I hope your guy gets hired. Well, I hope your guy gets hired. Both fan bases right now are enduring the feeling of, is our head coach? who we love and have seen the value and the promise that he has given our school and our fan base and our community and everybody, is that about to be ripped away and thrown into a vast sea of uncertainty? Don't know. Here's an interesting factor. Dan Lanning signed an extension before the season through, I think it was 2028 or 2029, he can be the head coach for the Ducks for a long time. He is well paid. He got a raise after the ten and three season last year. Rewarded Oregon's faith in him by going twelve and two the following season and setting them up for success as they enter the Big Ten. And that commitment has been mutual in that Lanning has said he you know wants to stay at Oregon and whatnot. He could definitely leave. I, I'm not trying to sugarcoat that. He absolutely could. Financially, he is more tied to Oregon than Kalen DeBoer is to Washington. There have been questions raised in the past about Kalen DeBoer and a contract extension. And for a guy who in two seasons is 25 and three, one would think that would have already arrived when you go four and eight to 11 and two. It hasn't. There have been discussions. There may even have been offers. Maybe they're waiting to see if they won the national championship. What I'm here to tell you is that I record, as I record this show, 10 30 p.m. Mountain Time on January 10th, 2024. Kalen DeBoer has a contract with the University of Washington. He has not signed it. He has not signed an extension. I mean, he has signed a contract, obviously, but it's the same one that he signed when he first got the job. And he is clearly deserving of a raise he is clearly deserving to be one of the 10 highest paid coaches in all of college football. He just took the Huskies to a level that Chris Peterson didn't even get them to. They were in the national championship game down by seven in the fourth quarter. Peterson didn't even get them there. So this is a guy who Washington fans know is a fantastic coach and he's really good. And I think their new athletic director, Troy Dannon, wants to extend him, but there is a reason I don't know what it is, that he hasn't signed it yet, and that has to make Washington fans worry a great deal. I think that's the biggest point of concern if you're a Husky, and if you're a Duck fan, the biggest point of concern is that Lanning has got ties to the SEC, and when he came over from Georgia, was the defensive coordinator uh, right after winning a national championship there as Kirby Smart's D.C., I thought, you know, okay, I, I think this could be a really good hire. Things go really well. And so far, for the most part, they very much have. But in the back of my mind, I always thought, I think there are only two, maybe three jobs Dan Lanning would leave Oregon for. Georgia, Alabama, maybe LSU, maybe LSU. And the Kirby Smart situation and how good he is, still makes me think that job's not coming open for a long time. I did not think Saban would retire. I don't think Brian Kelly's going anywhere at LSU. I think Dan Lanning would leave Oregon for Alabama. Doesn't mean he will. It means I think there is a non-zero possibility. And Bama has, not officially, but the interest is pretty clear. So DeBoer hasn't signed the extension yet. That could mean any number of things. It could mean he's open to this job. It could mean he wants to go to the NFL. It could mean he's just been holding out to get the most money possible from Washington. I know that Kalen DeBoer's daughter plays softball at Washington. Those are conversations that are going to be had that we are not privy to as to how much that factors in to the decision that's going to be made here. So both guys, I I, I could see either one going. I could also see a world in which either one stays. I could see a world in which both of them stay. Dan Lanning has talked on a couple of occasions, most recently when the Texas A and M rumors were swirling about, about how he doesn't want to keep moving his family around. Now that is not something that inherently binds him to the University of Oregon. I don't think you bring that up if you aren't genuine about it. However. If he were to move to Tuscaloosa and take the Alabama job, that's the last time he would have to move for quite a while because I think he'd go there and do well. I think he'd be able to bring in a top five recruiting class every single year. And I think that as long as he wins double-digit games and is routinely in the playoff, which I'd fully expect him to do, because that's what I expect him to do at Oregon in the 12-team playoff, no reason he wouldn't be able to do that at Alabama in the age of the transfer portal, he'd be able to have, they, they've got plenty of talent down there anyway. If he's regularly in the playoff, his job would be pretty darn secure for quite a while. And the question that Bama has to ask themselves with landing is, do we want to go with a young guy? Do we want to go someone who shows great promise, but is not as proven? One name I have been surprised, no more than a little surprised, that hasn't been floating around is Steve Sarkeesian at Texas. That's a guy who was, I believe, the Broyles Award winner at Alabama when they won their last national championship. He was the OC. He's now proven himself to be a better head coach than he was back in his Washington and USC days. And if you ask me, would you rather be Alabama in the SEC or Texas, I mean, those are both big-boy jobs. But there's nothing like Alabama. It's like Dan Lanning at Oregon. Oregon's a big-boy job, big-time, tier-one, top-ten job in all of college football. Branding, resources, recruiting, home field advantage, everything is there. Oregon is a great job. It's not Alabama. It's Nothing is Alabama. There's nothing like it. And look, Sark just beat Alabama, almost beat him last year. Maybe he feels nah, I'm good. I got everything I need here at Texas. So maybe there's just no interest there. But I mean, DeBoer and Lanning are going to be candidates as they should be. They've earned the right to be in that conversation. And I think that for Sark to not even have been mentioned, really, James, I've seen James Franklin and Mike Norvell that doesn't I don't know how Sark doesn't get a phone call there with what he's done in Texas he must just have no interest maybe that's what his agent is is telling everybody there's no interest here Nope. He's staying at Texas this is where this is where he wants to be everything's good and they have a really good team They, they have a really good team I think I think I'd rather be at Bama than Texas but I mean it's pretty close with the way that Sark has built it up now yeah you got everything you need to win a national championship at Texas. You just got to go out there and, you know, do it. But it's Alabama. <laughs> like that's what everything comes down to here. Washington is a really good job. It's not Alabama. Oregon's a great job. It's not Alabama. And I mean, I've seen, you know, James Franklin's name get thrown out there, Mike Norvell, I'd be surprised if Lane Kiffin doesn't garner some interest, though I I don't know that he left Alabama on the best of terms when he departed as offensive coordinator. So I can see either one going. I can see either one staying. Both fan bases, I I know what they would like to see. Oregon and Washington, that is. Appreciate everyone listening. I'll see you next time. And Until then, hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.